The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Let's get right down to it. We got Thursday Night Football and Game 2 of the AL uh, uh, Championship Series uh, between the Yankees and Astros. Let's talk about the ALCS first. Basically, uh, Houston won Game 1 as expected. Game 2, we have the matchup that folks would say is pretty even. I kind of disagree. I think <laughs> I, I I honestly think Fran Valdez is better than uh, Luis Severino, but that's just my personal opinion in terms of uh, pitching matchups. I think uh, Framber, even though he has a weird delivery, is more consistent with his delivery than Severino is. Even though it's talent arm talent wise, I think most people would actually argue that Severino's the more talented pitcher in terms of velocity and movement on his pitches. I think Severino, uh, you know, Severino isn't as reliable when it comes to postseason play as the, uh, uh, <laughs> as our uh, Yankee starter. Uh, the funniest thing that I read today was a quote, though, and I got to get this out of the way because the whining has to stop. Uh, the Dodgers GM, Andrew Friedman, said that the hottest team wins the World Series, not the best team. You know, the amount of excuses that come out of the Dodgers' mouths about why they lost. The hottest team, not the best team, wins the World Series. Okay, so you're 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 gonna argue the fact that they were you were the better team than the, uh, than the Padres, but you weren't the hottest team, and that's why you weren't the best team. Okay, all right. So he, here's where I I have to say, and, and the actual quote is: I think the hottest team wins the World Series every year. So it's a question of how to put us in the best position going into October to be the hottest team. In 2017, we went through that cold streak. We got hot and we rolled through the playoffs until the World Series. For those of you who don't recall the 27 World, uh, 2017 World Series, let me give you a brief recap. That is the now infamous Asterisk World Series. Well, it's not Asterisk World Series because MLB never put an Asterisk on it, but this is the... Astros uh, World Series Championship in 2017. 
Mr. Friedman is claiming that the Astros weren't the best team. They were the hottest team, and that's why uh, the Dodgers lost that series. No, 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 no. We are not letting you slide with that comment. Because I've heard this from Yankees fans about why, uh, my fellow Yankees fans, I should say, about why we didn't win the World Series is because the Astros cheating. Yankees were flawed and still probably would have lost to the Dodgers, most likely. But here's why the Dodgers lost to the Astros in that World Series. A, Dave Roberts mismanaged his bullpen on multiple occasions, which is why they lost to the Astros in 2017 and they lost to the Red Sox the next year in 2018. That's why you lost. You lost because of bad management. You also lost because of Clayton Kershaw being the least clutch player on your team. And nothing will ever change that fact. Because the reason why Clayton Kershaw's postseason numbers are that bad is because he can't handle high-pressure situations. And then every single time you turn to him, when you needed him to actually show up, he, he basically got his ass handed to him. That's the reason why. So, you know, I had to take this brief detour because I, 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 I thought I was going to talk uh, uh, start off the show with it, and then I forgot I was going to get into the numbers of uh, the, the matchup. But I, I got so annoyed with that quote today. I, I was just waiting on that one to just jump on it. Because the revisionist history that comes from Dodgers fans as to why they only have one World Series uh, title and it was in the pandemic year, which honestly, most of the pandemic championships, we should actually kind of reevaluate. Because uh, from the Lakers to the Dodgers, every one of those playoff runs, very random things happen along the way. But they get the, the, the championships count. But it needs to be taken into proper context. Because by the Dodgers' own logic, were the Dodgers the best team in that pandemic World Series? Uh, technically, the Rays were the hottest team. The reason why the Rays didn't beat the Dodgers in that series is because Blake Snell got pulled. Are, are, the, Do- are the Dodgers uh, going to say they were the best team? But they their World Series counts because uh, they were the best team and not the hottest team. Uh, I I, 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 ju- I just want clarification if the Dodgers were the hottest team in 2020 in the pandemic year and not the best team. It just 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 to figure out like uh, the uh, the amount of uh, BS I got to listen to about why why a team uh, doesn't win every single year. Anywho, getting back to the actual pitching matchup. It just because it just annoyed me so much just listening to the Dodgers come up with excuse after excuse it's just it's pathetic the reason why and i keep telling folks this the reason why i get so nervous about the yankees in these uh matchups is the fact that you know the astros have the yankees figured out and the yankees are a very predictable team they they operate off of their model they like hitting fastballs it's very, it's very easy to figure out what the Yankees are going to try to do, and then and pitch against it. It's the reason why the Yankees struggle so much against the Rays because the Rays have figured out the Yankees' model. You know, they have very similar hitting styles. The most successful guy in this series for the Yankees is probably going to be Harrison Bader because he's he's had the least amount of experience with the Yankees uh, coaching staff, 
in terms of molding him into what the Yankees want him to do at the plate. So it's it's actually it's actually sad. Uh, because of the less amount of time he's had with the coaching staff, the more likely he's uh, he's uh, likely to be productive against the other team, which is crazy. And for those of you wondering why that that doesn't apply to Josh Donaldson, that's because Josh Donaldson's bat is washed. His his uh, actual uh, uh, bat speed is so slow at this point. Basically, any elite pitcher just handles uh, Josh Donaldson, which is why the trade for him to, for and uh, and giving up Gio Urshela was such an idiotic trade to begin with. But we are not going to rehash that history. But in terms of the odds. Uh, I mean, it's even more heavily slanted in the series odds uh, to the Astros' favor. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what what else you guys uh, are looking for in terms of uh, the line here tonight, but the Astros still favored as they should be with a minus one forty six line. Now, in terms of minus one forty six, here's how you should re- really be approaching this from an odd standpoint. Minus one forty six works out to basically just under sixty percent chance of winning. Do I think the uh, Astros are a sixty percent chance of winning or higher? I think in this matchup. Framber probably wins it straight up against uh, Severino based off of the lineups on both uh, squads. I think he wins it 7 out of 10. I, I think the line's a bit low for the Astros. Not uh, uh, a, a lock for uh, by any stretch. It's baseball. Random things happen. You can get a home run. But in terms of the actual matchup itself, this leans heavily towards... Uh, the Astros, in my opinion. Not to say Severino is going to get shelled or anything. I just think that in this matchup, you're probably going to be seeing a very tight matchup. I think Severino gives up at least two runs to the Astros lineup. And Framber either gives up one or gives up two. And then when it comes down to the bullpens, again, the advantage goes to the Astros. They have more arms and more reliable arms than what the Yankees are currently trotting out there. Uh, you'll probably see Loisaga in the game. Uh, you might see some Clark Schmidt. But as you get further into the back end, yeah, the Yankees' best answer is still Clay Holmes. And Clay Holmes was not a sure thing down the stretch of the season, whereas the Astros are turning to Stanek and Presley, and they've been pretty solid across the board uh, uh, throughout the season. That's the problem for the Yankees. The Yankees have to get out ahead of this matchup. And I don't see where the Yankees get out ahead. When you start looking through the uh the rosters, I don't see a matchup where pitching wise the Yankees are in a position where I see them being favored. The the best thing for the Yankees is getting this back to the Bronx and try to win a slugfest, but the issue is that the Astros pitching staff, much like the Rays, usually find ways of counteracting the Yankees' dependence on hitting the long ball, and more specifically, hitting the long ball off of fastballs. The Astros don't throw that many fastballs in the strike zone. The Yankees are going to have to expand their strike zone, which they don't like doing. They like taking, they rather take the call on the outside corner of the plate than swing at it, because they want to try to establish the rapport with the umpire to call that a ball. 
The problem with doing that is that you're taking the bat out of your hands and you're leaving it up to the umpire. And even when you're getting on base, a lot of the Yankees players are station to station players. Judge is an exception, which is kind of crazy that your your best hitter is also one of your best base dealers. But that's the problem. If Judge is on base, that means he can't drive the run in. And there are not enough bats on the Yankees that are able to drive in runs based off of this matchup. It's a bad matchup, which is why that Cleveland series was a bad indicator of how this series was going to play out. The fact that they were struggling as much as they were against Cleveland's pitching staff. Not that Cleveland had a bad pitching staff, but the Astros are another level above. And that's what the Yankees are stuck dealing with, is the fact that as sad as it sounds, and and the amount of money paid to the Yankees roster, they have so many holes, and uh, and again, I trace it back to the Yankees' philosophy of how they want to coach up their uh, hitters to approach plate discipline, it's a flawed approach because you can take advantage of subpar pitching staffs. On aggregate, you're going to hit a number of bombs. There's no question about that. The problem is, once you get closer to the end of the end goal of actually winning a World Series, you're going to have to find different ways of scoring runs, which the Yankees have historically struggled mightily to do. Trying to manufacture runs strictly through hitting home runs is not a viable postseason strategy, in my opinion. The Yankees view it differently, and, you know, that's just their approach. They, they've stuck with this model for the better part of 18 years. I mean, we're in 2022. This model basically shifted with the acquisition of A-Rod. It's... It's just kind of how they've operated and they're in the way Brian Castro wants to build out the system. We've got one world series title to show for it, which is still successful compared to most major league franchises, but that's not the caliber that George Steinbrenner would have been acceptable with. So as I look at this series again, I think the Astros should be favored. And I think the win probably is a little bit light in terms of the odds here. I would bet on the Astros, and in terms of the uh, implied run total, I'd also take the under because I still think at the end of the day, you know, the Yankees are going to pitch well, but they're not going to score enough runs. That's what has me concerned because the the uh, over-under total is at seven. I think this goes under. I, I think both teams are going to pitch well, but the problem is, is the fact that the Yankees are so locked in to this mindset of we're going to hit the ball out that, you know, yeah, they've hit 23 straight games with a home run. It's either 22 or 23. Uh, I'm sure someone will correct me if I get it wrong. But where you've got postseason games with a home run, that's great. But if that was solely the end-all, be-all in terms of winning a game, the Yankees would would have been crushing uh, postseason matchups and would have had a couple more World Series uh, World Series titles to add to it. They don't. Like, just because you hit a home run does not mean you're going to win a game. And the Yankees basically are geared towards, if they don't hit bombs, they got no shot at winning a game. But even when they do, it's still closer to a 50-50 shot of winning a game than 70-30 or 80-20. Like, that's the problem for the Yankees. 
they don't hit enough consistency uh, home runs based off of how they've built their entire framework of offensive uh, hitting philosophy. They just don't have the volume to actually uh, be sustainable long-term as you go deeper into the postseason. So that's why every one of these matchups, after they get through the first couple of rounds, it gets progressively harder every year for the Yankees. And, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for folks to actually comprehend why I keep saying that the further the postseason goes for the Yankees, the less likely I have any confidence in them doing well. It's not because I hate the team. Well, I love the Yankees, but I do hate this team. Uh, I, I don't think it's a well-balanced team whatsoever, but we shall see. M- maybe they shock me and Severino pitches uh, a scoreless gem and gets a win because of solely pitching. I just don't think they have the offense to match up well against this Astros pitching staff that has them pretty well pegged. All right, so let's get into uh, Thursday Night Football. We got a, oh man, this game could flip on a dime and it's so hard to pick. We've got the Saints and we've got the Cardinals. Cardinals are one and a half point favorites at home. The Saints are not a good team. (laughs) like, And the Cardinals are still only one and a half point favorites. The line is telling you to bet the Cardinals. The Saints have so many injuries. Jameis Winston's back is still jacked up. And he's likely to have a jacked up back until the end of the season when he may need to get surgery or just do physical therapy enough where it gets into a good spot because of the cervical discs uh, that were impacted. So you've got Andy Dalton under center. I I don't need to say anything more about Andy Dalton other than watch his tape with the Cowboys backing up Dak when he got hurt. And that'll tell you all you need to know about Andy Dalton at this stage of his career. Dude can't go. Uh, You know, I don't really understand why the Saints signed Andy Dalton, to be perfectly honest, when they gave Taysom Hill uh, a fat bag of money to be a glorified Tim Tebow. But it is what it is. Um, So we got Dalton under center. I think uh, Taysom Hill is going to steal snaps from Dalton. I think Taysom Hill probably vultures a touchdown from Alvin Kamara. Uh, For the Alvin Kamara fantasy owners, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, He should get a a plenty amount of volume, so he's obviously worth uh, starting in terms of uh, regular fantasy. The problem is I don't see ceiling games from Alvin Kamara at all this year as long as Taysom Hill is playing because – my thing is, anytime it comes within twenty, uh, within the 20, Taysom Hill becomes a higher priority for the Saints offense than Alvin Kamara, which is an absolutely absurd statement to say, but it's the actual reality of the situation. Uh, Taysom Hill gets the touches, and when he plays the Wildcat, they could either have him throw it or run it in himself uh, on those option plays, and that's just the way it is. Kamara doesn't really touch the ball in the, in the red zone. And they even do this weird thing where they give the goal line carries to Mark Ingram sometimes. I I just don't get it uh, what the Saints offense is. And this was even towards the end of Sean Payton's tenure. So it's not just a new thing because Sean Payton's gone. They were doing this even while Sean Payton was there and they were kind of continuing it. It's just, you know, if you're an Alvin Kamara fantasy owner, you, you get a floor, you just don't get ceiling games. If, 
Kamara ever got back his red zone work again, Kamara could easily be running back one uh, to end out the year. I just don't see that ever happening at this point because as long as Taysom Hill's healthy, he's playing. Like That's just the way they've kind of lined it up. But um, I, I just kind of look at this game and I'm scratching my head because there, there are a couple of things uh, going on with uh, this uh, this game, and I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous to be perfectly honest with you because we got a couple of things uh, going on. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is back from his uh, six game suspension from the league, and you know, for those of you who don't remember, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the top five wide receivers in the league. Uh, Hollywood Brown is injured, which honestly doesn't mean that much because uh, with the foot injury, uh, he even if he didn't have the foot injury, DeAndre Hopkins was the number one wide receiver on that team. Uh, the Cardinals uh, since traded for Robbie Anderson to replace uh, Hollywood Brown, who's likely uh, out for the rest of the season. They're saying there's a chance he could come back for the playoffs, but... Let's be honest, it's Cliff Kingsbury coaching the Arizona Cardinals. They are not making the playoffs. <laughs> like let's just be let's just be blunt. Um so we've got the line moving from uh two uh minus two, uh one and a half, it was minus two. Uh, I'm seeing at some places it's actually gone up to two and a half. But regardless, most NFL teams would be favored at home by three points. The fact that a Saints team with multiple injuries, Michael Thomas is not playing. No starting uh, quarterback for the Saints. James Winston's still out. You've got multiple injuries on the defense and offensive line for the Saints. And yet still, the cards are not getting at least minus three. That tells you how badly... The, the, uh, the odds makers and sharps think Cliff Kingsbury does at his job as a head coach that Kyler Murray and most of his squad is still going to be available outside of Hollywood Brown. And again, DeAndre Hopkins is a top five wide receiver. So uh, to me, their wide receiver room upgraded, uh, even if it's a one-for-one swap for uh, uh, Nook uh, versus uh, Hollywood Brown, it, it's not even close. It's like, so much uh, slanted in the favor of the Cardinals in this matchup that the line being where it is gives me pause because I get nervous. This should be an easy slam the slam the spread on the, the Cardinals. That like I I, I sometimes kind of question myself where it's just like what am I not seeing here? Is DeAndre Hopkins not healthy enough to go? Is uh, Zach Ertz completely broken down? Because there's nothing here on this Saints squad that gives me any sense of comfort heading into a primetime game that they can actually get it done. There's a real chance that Arizona could blow them out by 20-plus uh, tonight. I honestly believe that. I think Andy Dalton should be like just, just on the analyst desk with Ryan Fitzpatrick waxing poetic about... Uh, what should be done in an NFL game because they can't do the job anymore. Uh, uh, Fitzmagic can't do the job. Dalton can't do the job. They should be on an analyst desk. The fact that Dalton's starting 
is a troubling sign to me. Uh, based off of uh, looking at his film thus far, I mean, that game. That game against the Vikings. That was that was brutal. Like, the Vikings played so badly in that game. And Andy Dalton still couldn't win that game. Uh, it's just... It's just frustrating. Like, how many bad coaches and bad quarterbacks are in the league. Uh, but it, it, it is uh, it is what it is. We gotta make do. So, in terms of the matchup, you know... Do I think this game scores? Well, yeah, it should it it should score well because uh, uh, from just an overall standpoint, I mean the Saints defense while they have a good pass rush and Arizona's offensive line is hot garbage thanks to the fact that they have both Justin Pugh and Will Hernandez blocking as starters. Uh, former Giants, uh, just overall mediocre at their jobs, <laughs> like in every in every category imaginable as an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, Arizona's offensive line gives up a ton of sacks. Kyler is a tiny quarterback. I mean, you always worry about him getting hurt with that offensive line, but he usually just maneuvers himself around certain things just to make it work. But... That's just it. It's like, I don't see much from this Saints squad. Their wins are against uh, the Falcons and the Seahawks. The Seahawks defense is utterly atrocious. The Falcons game was just a bizarre one where, you know, first game of the year, the Falcons make a massive comeback. I think if those teams match up again, uh, the Falcons probably win by at least a touchdown. I honestly think the Falcons are a much better team than the Saints at this stage. But opening game, a lot of uh, a lot of miscues. Uh, I think this, the Falcons are a far uh, sharper team than the Saints at this stage. I, I just think that the Saints are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, so from my standpoint, I am leaning more towards uh, playing uh, Kyler Murray We'll see what we get out of DeAndre Hopkins. Like, the problem is, like, who to pair uh, Kyler Murray with. I feel safer playing Rondell more than DeAndre Hopkins because I just don't know what we're going to get out of Hopkins. Like, are they going to keep him on a snap count because of the lack of uh, practice time? Yes, he was in uh, uh, the training camp facility this week, but he hasn't, like, gone through an actual NFL game. And there's a thing about being game ready and practice ready. He was ready for practice. I don't know if he's ready to go full sprints and, and be explosive because Nook is one of the most physical wide receivers in the league. And the Saints are a very physical uh, defensive backfield. So it's it's kind of curious to see how uh, they line up. I, I think they, they play them tough, and we'll see how Hopkins responds. But to me, it's like Kyler, you know, Benjamin's going to be starting again with the, uh, the injured James Conner. But I'm I'm just curious that you know if this game stays close, the the line is just weird because the Saints are bad. They are a bad team. The Cardinals are bad too, but the Saints are a worse team. I just don't understand how the Cardinals are not favored by more, which gives me pause. 
Because I can't recommend, like, it's not as though I'm giving a stalwart recommendation of betting uh, the Cardinals here. I'm just saying that if you think there's value with the Saints, there isn't any. The value is with the car, uh, Cardinal side because the line is basically telling you um, that they only have tepid um, expectation that the Cards win this about 55% of the time. I think it's probably closer to 65-70% to be perfectly honest. But it, it's it's a weird matchup because I, I just don't know why this line is so low. I know it's because... No one trusts Cliff Kingsbury. Like, believe me, I get it. But this Saints team is not good. They're just not good. I, I, like, I, I don't, I don't know what, what else to say. Like, this is a bad Saints team. On the Saints side, if we're uh, doing this from a DFS standpoint, I want to play Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. Even though I told you he's not going to have a ceiling game, he'll have a solid floor. I just want to play the floor. With Kamara, Taysom Hill's probably going to steal the touchdown somewhere from him. Um, the price tag is a little bit rich on Taysom for uh, DFS purposes. But in regular fantasy, if you still have Taysom uh, classified as a tight end, Taysom is a terrific play tonight because the Cardinals defense isn't good. I think Taysom scores a touchdown. You can also do a prop on Taysom and, and get yourself a nice uh, percentage because they, they are still giving... Uh, plus uh, more than uh, plus 700 on Taysom scoring a touchdown anytime. Take advantage of those because people keep looking at him as just a quarterback and he's essentially a hybrid fullback, flexback, H-back, however you want to classify him because it just depends on where he lines up in the formation or he just goes into the slot. He could catch a touchdown pass. They've done that. He they can use him as a tight end. I know they have Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman's out for uh, for the Saints as well. So it's Juwan Johnson and Taysom Hill are their two tight ends tonight. They 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 run a lot of two tight end sets. So to me, Taysom's going to be on the uh, field quite a bit tonight. He's got touchdown catching potential. You got Juwan Johnson as well. A two tight end set team. Do I like their upside? No. I, I think the Saints lose this game. But if you're talking about runback, it's like, who on the Saints do you want to play? It's like Kamara and who else? It's Taysom Hill. You can run Juwan Johnson. Yes, you can run Chris Olave. But to me, the Chris Olave play is more like if they're getting blown out, then Chris Olave is going to catch a bunch of garbage time passes as they try to catch up against a prevent defense. That's the way I look at Chris Olave scoring. I don't look at it scoring as the Saints like putting up a bunch of points because I just don't see them putting up a bunch of points. This is this game is entirely about Kyle Murray running Cliff Kingsbury's offense and how efficient they can be. But they haven't been efficient. They should have scored a bunch more points against Seattle and they just were completely embarrassed by the Seattle defense, which is insane because Seattle's one of the worst defenses in the entire league. It was, that was actually a fireable offense that Cliff Kingsbury just got left behind in Seattle, <laughs> losing that game to the Seahawks on the road. Yes, they're on the road uh, in Seattle, but man, at CenturyLink, that, that team can't defend anyone. Uh, there's no way the Cardinals should have struggled as much as they did. But we shall see what they can do with DeAndre Hopkins. As I said, 
he is the best player on the field, um, even more than uh, Kyler Murray, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I like the Cardinals here. The line is still giving me a little uh, pause in terms of going crazy with bets. But uh, the Saints are not a good football team. That That's just the long and short of it. So, um, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to get on out of here. We got the games coming up uh, soon enough. So, uh, best of luck, everyone. And hopefully, we get a Yankees win. But uh, I don't think it looks all that rosy. And then, you know, at least we should get some offense in this Thursday night football game uh, because we've had some stinkers that did not hit double-digit points. And we, we, we just we just need to get something. So um, we shall see what Andy Dalton gives us. But it probably won't be good. But uh, at least uh, some more action that we've seen the last two weeks. But that's all for now, folks. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets.